This year, we're taking control of our health, and a simple way to do so is by taking the initiative to order your own blood work. Did you know that according to research published in the National Institute of Health database, that about 42% of the U.S. population is vitamin D deficient? Unfortunately, many of us aren't routinely checked for deficiencies during any of our checkups, and our insurance companies make it super difficult to get assessed for certain things. That's why I am so happy to partner with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy and provides more autonomy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. From hormonal health panels to STI tests to micronutrient levels, vitamin D levels, cortisol tests, thyroid tests, and so much more, let's put your health back into your own hands. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging, and once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online portal within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA-approved and CAP-accredited, which are the highest-ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to feel more empowered in your health and wellness and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com slash bewellsys and get 25% off your test using code bewellsys. Again, visit trylgc.com slash bewellsys for 25% off of your testing. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. How has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself me, I have been, um, I've been good. I have been in a decent space and yeah, I've actually been, uh, as you guys know, if you are a listener here, you know that I struggle with insomnia, but I have actually been getting some really good sleep lately and I, I'm, I'm feeling great. I actually have energy when I wake up in the mornings. I am not dragging. I am not sluggish and I'm just grateful to be in a space where I am not struggling the way that I have in the past with my insomnia. So your girl is is great, <laughs> which actually brings us to um, today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by a company called Modest Mix. They are a tea company, which I have been enjoying lately. The company is owned by a woman named Jama Dacus and started her tea company back in 2014 with the hopes of just removing the stuffiness associated with tea. Um, she is first and foremost a tea maker, and she creates incredibly unique, bold, and beneficial tea blends. Specifically, the one that I've been enjoying so much is called Go the Fuck to Sleep, and I've been doing just that. Yep, it's literally called Go the F to Sleep. <laughs> and it is a blend of um, ashwagandha root, ginger, allspice, chamomile, lavender, rose hips, fennel, licorice root, and of course, it is organic and it is caffeine free and it has been so helpful in my sleep routine, my nighttime routine, along with, you know, eliminating my screen time close to like about 30 minutes before I go to bed and really taking like a nice warm shower and all of those things. The tea has been so helpful to help me fall asleep faster and even to stay asleep. And if you visit modestmix.com, so M-O-D-E-S-T-M-I-X.com, 
you will save 20% off of your purchase by using the code BEWELLSIS. So B-E-W-E-L-L-S-I-S at ModestMix.com will save you 20% off. So listen, I've been seeing these um, like Stanley cups. So they're these cups um, for water essentially that have straws in them. They're insulated and they've been going viral on Instagram. I don't get why. This company has a bomb... Um, like travel tea jar that comes with a lid and a sleeve. So it's essentially a large mason glass with um, with a sleeve, a silicone sleeve that goes around it so it's not breakable, it's shatterproof. Um, and this really cute and so smart um, tea um, straw. So the tea straw has a filter so that way you can put your tea leaves in your, your make your tea the way you would. Instead of using a tea bag, you just put the leaves in the water and then you use the straw to drink it. So you drink the or the tea without the leaves getting in the drink. It is genius. It is adorable. And baby, that is way better than the Stanley thing situation because it is it just makes more sense to me. Um, so anyway, go ahead, visit modestmix.com. And of course, use Be Well Sis as your code to save 20% off. That is a nice little savings there. Also follow them on social media. They are at Modest Mix Teas on Instagram. So M-O-D-E-S-T-M-I-X-T-E-A-S on Instagram. Give them a follow, support them. They're supporting us. And let's get into today's episode. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about emotional wellness, emotional intelligence, and how that impacts our overall health, physically, our overall um, relationships, our just our lives in general, and how we really as a society have not placed any in importance in that. And I think in the way that we as a society um, function or rather our dysfunction really is apparent that we haven't, we haven't put importance in our emotional wellness. So what is emotional wellness exactly? So, uh, and that's exactly what we'll be talking about today with our guest. So our emotions are just an integral part of who we are, right? They play a huge role in our daily lives, whether we're feeling happy or sad, angry or anxious, our emotions can affect our behavior, our relationships, and even our physical health. So when we're emotionally well, we tend to have better relationships, work performance, and even physical health, like I said. We're also more resilient to stress and can handle more difficult situations with greater ease. Because maybe life is going to life. We're always going to have these struggles, but once we are emotionally well, it allows us to face these challenges easier. And on the other hand, when we're emotionally unwell, that is when we may see um, more of a struggle with anxiety and depression and other mental and as well as relationship issues. So I'm not going to say too much because the conversation that I had with Ashley Williams is so, so rich and so, so good. I can listen to her forever and I'm just so grateful that I got a chance to speak to her. So Ashley Williams has dedicated her life to helping individuals and organizations increase their overall happiness and satisfaction in life. As a happiness expert and emotional wellness advocate, she has shared her insights and strategies with audiences around the world. She is the founder and chief happiness officer at CLIMB, which is an emotional wellness software for school-aged children. She is the 2022 Culture Builder of the Year for Baltimore, which honors her work to make children's happiness a policy priority. Love it. 
as she's published work that has appeared in EdPost and in journals at Cornell University, Howard University, and Southern Illinois University, so SIU. She's an avid meditation practitioner who is passionate about sharing the transformation, transformative power of mindfulness with others and believes that it has the ability to improve the quality of life for anyone who is willing to commit to the practice. Her messages of encouragement and hope help people live their happiest and most fulfilling lives. Listen, the conversation that I had blessed me so much. Go ahead, share this episode with a friend, with a coworker, with a relative, Trust me, there is something for everybody to get from this conversation, whether or not you meditate, whether or not you feel that you are emotionally well, I promise you, um, this is a really, really great conversation. She is just full of so many gems and so much light. And again, I'm grateful that I got a chance to talk to her. So I'm going to stop talking. So um, let's hop into the conversation. As always, thank you so, so much for joining. I am so glad you're here. Be well, sis. All right. So today I have Ashley Williams on with us. She is the CEO and founder, and I like that you're the chief happiness um, officer (laughs) at Climb. Um, How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to have you. I think the conversation and what your expertise is, is super, super important. Um, So we're going to be talking about emotional wellness today. And let's talk a little bit about your background and what you do over at Climb. Yeah, happy to. Um, So my background is in education. I'm also a mindfulness expert, emotional wellness advocate. Um, And Climb is an emotional uh, health software for school-aged children. So we teach young people how to self-identify emotions and um, how to navigate complex emotional experiences in a healthy way. Um, I got started with this. I'm a former educator. At some point, I was responsible for the emotional wellness of staff and students in the city where I worked. Mm-hmm. And um, just personally to me, I think that emotional health is the foundation of a healthy human, which means it's the foundation of a healthy society. And it connects to every aspect of a human life from our academic performance to how much money we make. And so I'm super passionate about empowering people with the skills that allows them to live the lives that they deserve. We should not be prisoners of our emotional experiences, although for many of us, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and emotional intelligence is a learned skill. The same way that we learn how to structure our sentence, the same way that we learn how to solve a math equation, we can learn these skills and these tools. Right now, mindfulness is very popular. A lot of us are familiar with mindfulness. We're familiar with meditation and both of which are techniques or tools under the umbrella of emotional wellness. Uh, I love that. I love that the work that you're doing, because I was thinking as you were talking, did our generation get that? I feel like that wasn't so much of a (laughs) In fact, as a society, we have not prioritized wellness, let alone emotional wellness. People are still struggling to have quality health care for their physical uh, apparatuses, let alone the emotional and the mental capacities as well. So no, we have not had a lot of focus on it. And there is more of a focus now for young people, although it's not a large focus. It's a growing momentum that mm-hmm. is interested in in emotional wellness, particularly for Black and brown children, um, where <laughs> the trauma of, yeah. of racism, of inequity, yeah 
is the cause, is the leading cause of mental and even physical um, issues in black and brown bodies. And so, you know, this is the space where CLOM exists. We want to serve our young people Mm -hmm. and equip them with these skills so that they can navigate whatever is coming at them, that Mm -hmm. that power is inside of them. Whatever shows up, I have techniques, tools to practice steadiness and clarity and to connect with the insight that is inside of me um, and the wisdom that is inside of me. At, at what age do you start um, working with the kids? So how, what's the youngest child? So our software is for children as young as kindergarten. Um, mm-hmm. And we also work with kids up to um, to 12th grade. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, and again, as you were talking, I'm thinking about how I didn't get to fully learn how to express my feelings not until therapy, like a few years ago. That's right. Like, I just knew, like, this didn't feel good, but, like, what was the emotion that I was feeling? That's um, right. So it's, it's just been so powerful to be able to name my feelings and address them accordingly. If I had that since, you know, five or six or seven, I think life would be so much more fulfilling, and, and I wouldn't have so many of the the pitfalls that I think is part of our experience as humans. Right? That's right. I mean, you have basically just defined um, emotional wellness um, and emotional health is the ability to identify our emotional experiences as well as the emotional experiences of of others so that we can be more responsive and more empathetic to ourselves and also to others as well. It increases our self-awareness capacity, Mm -hmm. um, our social awareness capacity, and it also really does improve our mental health. So just being able to identify hey, I'm having this emotion and make the connection between when I have this emotion, what thoughts am I typically having? What thoughts are associated with that emotion and what behaviors are associated with that that emotion? Because often we find ourselves in a spiral and we feel like we can't get out of it. Yeah. I'm I'm reacting in this way. I do not want to react in this way. It makes me have this behavior. My life is not going in the direction that I want it to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can sort of scale it back and get back to like, what are the thought patterns that I'm having? What are the thought patterns that are more helpful than the ones that I'm having? And then sort of notice what are the emotions that are that respond to those thought patterns. And then the behavior sort of take care of themselves. If we're having healthier thought patterns, we're having healthier behaviors. Hmm. This sounds um, like it's kind of in line with like conscious parenting too. Okay. So I'm, I'm not familiar mm-hmm. if there's like a specific uh a specific way to be a conscious parent. I'm not familiar with that, but I mm-hmm. feel like clear. I understand what that means. I have a, yeah. um, a just turned 10 year old. Gotcha. Okay. So my oldest is eight. So what I've been noticing in that space is that it's really equipping the child with the language to express themselves. So when they're having a tantrum, it's like, okay, so why are you having a hard time? I see you're having a hard time. So what is it that I can do to help you? Or what do you feel to help them like get all of that angst out specifically like with our toddlers who are just developing their language. Um, And it helps and it not helps, but it, um, calls for parents to be more compassionate and okay. less do what I say and not as I do and more like, all right, let's have conversations with our kids to see what's really going on. Now, I'm not a conscious parent like expert. I'm just learning yeah. as I go, um, but yeah. that's what it, it sounds like. So mm-hmm. my question for you is, um, as parents in the home who are just learning how to identify our own emotions, 
what are some things that we can bring what are some ways that we can foster um, emo- the emotional wellness of our children? It's a really good question. Um, the very first thing that you can do is foster it within yourself. It's so mm-hmm. difficult to teach these skills if you don't have access to them. Yeah. I know that is often a tough thing to swallow, yeah. um, but it's the most true thing that I can say. Because yeah. if you speak conscious parenting to your child and your child is watching you, not respond with respect. If your child is watching you respond from rage to say things unkindly, just because you're upset, you're teaching them that is okay. And it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to model what you do. So that is the first thing. Please find the time to practice Um, self-care. The thing about this is that it's the small steps. The Buddha has a quote, drop by drop, the water bucket is filled. So just finding the time, you know, when I started my practice, um, I meditate every day, twice a day, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening. But when I started, all that I could do was 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that was okay because that's where I was. So find your 30 seconds, find your five minutes, find your whatever amount of self-care is right for you and don't deviate from it. Your child is watching. So I mentioned that I have a... um, I have a 10 year old and one thing I have done with her since she was very young is taught her different breathing techniques. So if she's angry, I taught her the balloon breath where when you breathe in, imagine that your chest is like a balloon. And then when you breathe out, all of the air is going out of the balloon. And I'm teaching her basically how to self-regulate when she Mm -hmm. has really big emotions. And I've taught her a few other breaths as well. And she also sees me like meditating. So now that she's older, um, she may or may not use the techniques that I've shown her, but she has them in her back pocket, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, I I was talking to her recently. She was very upset. I mean, 10, the hormones are flowing. This is like a new kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was upset. And I said, okay, let's do a balloon breath. And she's like, I don't want to do the balloon breath. (laughs) It doesn't work. And I said, and that you might get that kind of pushback from your kid. And I told to her, I said, you know, honey, you're actually right. This is whenever you're angry, that's not necessarily the best time for the Mm. practice. The best time for the practice is before you get to the anger, because Uh. that's training your brain to respond differently. So that having her here, that was like, huh, maybe I want to start to practice it when I'm not upset, when I'm not sad, when I'm not angry, when I'm not ready to throw all of these papers off of my desk, because that's, that's when the brain is being trained. Mm. Um, That is helpful for me. Because to your point, I was trying to implement that with my oldest. And he was like, it doesn't work for me. And I would always say, you know, take a deep breath and let's try to calm down when he's already upset. So thank you. I'm a that makes much more sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because what happens is it like um, through the practice of the deep breathing, like over time, we're like changing the pathway in our brain that reacts mm-hmm. to that situation. Gotcha. So it's like through that, that consistent practice, we create, you know, the brain that has neuroplasticity. So like we're creating new ways of being when we encounter something that would in the past cause us to react with anger. It's like when it happens again, it's just like, huh, 
Okay. Right. Like, I remember right. when this used to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> now, not so much. Yeah. Gotcha. That is really, really helpful. Be Well Sis is very much an advocate for therapy, and I believe that you don't have to be in crisis in order to seek help and get support. Life is complicated. We all wear many hats, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. Starting therapy years ago has been pivotal in helping me be a better mother, daughter, and partner. It's truly been a game changer in how I view myself and the world around me. So Be Well Sis is proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform whose mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anywhere and anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. That's BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. Thank you. Um, so I, I have a, a question. So it's about happiness since you are the chief happiness officer. <laughs> Is happiness something that we are inherently born with? Like some of us are just happier, bubblier, just chipper people, or is it something that we can like become if that's not like our baseline? Yes. I do think that happiness is our natural state. And I also believe that if we don't find ourselves in the state of happiness, it's something that we can achieve. It's something that we can work towards. So for most of us, happiness means I have earned something. I have collected something. I've gotten my degree. I have the family that I wanted. I make the amount of money that I make. And I'm happy about that. But if we don't get the thing, Mm -hmm. then, man, I'm not happy. And so if happiness for us is a conditional thing, gosh, we have a long road ahead of us (laughs) because it's always going to be like a yo-yo. So what I encourage um, is that we figure out what is inside of us that we can be baseline happy. It's not attached to a thing. So whatever comes, whatever goes, I'm still at peace. I'm at center, what I call at center inside of myself. And for me, I have been in the practice of contact with that center, with that happiness, with that joy through the practice of meditation, because it's like, I just trust what is for me is for me. (laughs) And my happiness is not defined by outside object, right? Like if I say I want this thing and this thing does not come into my experience, am I also saying if I don't have this thing, I can't be happy, And most of the time, that's what we're saying. We're not saying it that deliberately. We're not saying like, if I don't get this, I'm going to be pissed and miserable and angry. And then I'm going to direct that at other people. But it's how it plays out. Truly. Um, So once, so the practice for me of identifying happiness for myself is if I find myself attached, I'm attaching my happiness to something else. I'm just giving my happiness away. I'm giving my joy away. Mm. But if my, ha- if my happiness is centered here inside of me, anything that comes can only add to what's already here. It can never be taken away from me, right? Mm-hmm. Like being with my family is a center, like that's great joy for me. I love mm-hmm. to be with my family. And if we have two, three weeks where we miss Sunday dinner, I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm not saying this family is falling apart and going to hell in a handbasket. Like it's <laughs> because my happiness is here. And when mm-hmm. we come together, 
the feeling that we all feel when we're together is just my happiness made visible. It's mm. like, oh, wow, now everybody's partaking in the happiness that's inside of me, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So yeah, that, that makes perfect suggestion. sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I appreciate that. And so this during this week, I, I've noticed on social media, there was like, I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was a TikTok, but it was like, you know, Black women love, when Black women get bored, they rack up a degree. Like, we just don't sit <laughs> idle. We go back to school, we get another certification, like, we start a side hustle or mm-hmm. something else. And that made me think about what you just said um, about how we're always like, tying our happiness in a way to like a thing, an object. Mm -hmm. It made Mm -hmm. me think that maybe we are just looking for our happiness because society has conditioned us to want more things, whether it's like a degree, more money, a bigger house, a nicer car. That's right. And have also invalidated Black women. Mm -hmm. You know, like society tells us our worth comes from marrying a certain type of person. Our worth comes from having this degree. Our worth comes when we do X, Y, and Z. And we have, you know, we've believed the the lies, Mm -hmm. you know, please, if, if a degree makes you happy, do that. Live out your joy, Mm -hmm. live out your joy. You don't have to seek out your joy though, but Mm -hmm. live it out. So, so tell me, how do we, because we've all been so conditioned, right, into like going externally for our happiness, for our joy, how do we take years of like unprogramming, unlearn that? Mm -hmm. How do we find Mm -hmm. it within ourselves? So this takes us right back to emotional wellness. It takes us right back to being able to identify what are the thoughts that are driving our behaviors Mm -hmm. because we normalize it. We normalize it. There is a voice, an internal voice inside of each of us that's saying something. For Mm -hmm. some of us, that voice Mm -hmm. is saying, you know, you're going to be it once you have accomplished X, Y, and Z. And it says it in different types of ways. It it might not say it in that way. Um, For some of us, the voice says, uh, you'll never be it. (laughs) Mm. It doesn't matter what you do. And that still drives us to, to do more and to be more and to reach for more. Um, so one, we have to be able to identify the thoughts because the thoughts are inspiring an emotional experience for us. And then once we identify the thought, we can, you know, change it. We can change it. A lot of us are, you know, good for us right now, good for black women in therapy. A lot of us are, you know, doing our self-care practices, keep doing that. And that's where the healing happens. It happens in those spaces where we give ourselves the ability to examine what is here and Mm -hmm. and examine it without judgment. Because the judgment is what keeps us in that cycle of self-deprecation, you know, like where we're judging what we see, as opposed to saying like, I had this thought process, you know, um, I was doing my best. Mm -hmm. I tried. And this no longer serves me. So I'm willing to try something different. I'm willing to try something new. Gotcha. Oh, that, that's a word. Um, and, and going back to children, I definitely want to echo what you said in how whatever our kids see us do is what they'll mirror. And that's been just my number one lesson as a parent is I, I can yap all day, talk about whatever all day, but the kids are going to model what I do. Um, sure. Even in um, your meditation practice, like your child is seeing you meditate and they may or may not join, but they'll have that 
you know, to reference, like you said, in their back pocket, whenever I pull out my yoga mat to like sit down and do some stretches, I don't call nobody, but two little people are going to come in, like try to do it with me, you know? Um, So, and, and just to echo again about the the therapy and everything, sometimes therapy is really hard. It's not always that, you know, you go to a session and it feels good leaving. Sometimes it's like, oh, dang, she done told me about myself that I needed to hear. And it's uncomfortable addressing parts of myself, but stay with it. The reason I stay with it is for the kids because I get, as I get better, I can be better for them and they can have a a good example as well to to do hard things sometimes. I think that's so important, like to say that this is not always easy work. In fact, it's very uncomfortable, but what you get on the other side, oh my goodness, what you get is so worth the journey. It's like childbirth. It yes. sucks, but yes. you get a whole baby out of it. Like yes. <laughs> you get a precious, beautiful gift out of it. And it is exactly like that. It is uncomfortable, um, but you are birthing something. And what mm-hmm. you're birthing is your best self. Mm-hmm. And so keep at it. Keep yes. at it. It is so worth it. And then the th- to go back to what you said about the parents and how we model, I think about my own parents. I mean, in my parent in my household when I was a kid, we didn't talk about emotional wellness or mm-hmm. like that wasn't a thing. My parents right. didn't meditate. Um, we did go to church, you know, so mm-hmm. I did see like a time and a place for your spirituality and to connect with the light mm-hmm. inside of you. Um, but as I got older, it's like I just noticed myself doing things that my parents did, like without yeah. them deliberately telling me to do it as an adult it's just like I started to adopt these behaviors and so it's the same thing with the healthy behaviors like if my kid never comes and sits to meditate with me when she's a woman she knows that is an option available to her she has absolute clarity like the same way that when my parents took me to church and established me in my faith I knew that was always an option to me when I became an adult And so that's what we're doing for our children. In the harvest, you know, you reap it in the right season. And so what we're planting in our children might not come into fruition until they are adults. And we have to be okay with that, knowing that, you know, every harvest has its season. And so the things that, you know, I'm planting in my kid today, I might not see it when she's 16. I might not see it when she's 20, but maybe when she's 31, I'll get a call. You know, mom, remember when you used to do that? You know, so we just have to trust and let things play out. Yes, for sure. You know what I used to struggle with? Eating a diet that's nutrient dense enough for me to get all of my dietary needs met through what I eat alone. I am no longer a passenger on that struggle bus because one tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet, increase my energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills, because baby, I can't do it. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it just fits. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these times, and they're offering my audience a free year supply of vitamin D, 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. So you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. <laughs> to redeem your offer, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis. Again, to redeem your offer of one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, visit athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis. And I think there's um, there's like a, a lot of conversation in our community about generational wealth and legacy, and people tie that a lot to money. I think right. money is important, right? We live in this society where it matters, but I think even more so is what you're talking about. You know, what tools are we leaving with those coming behind us, you know, so that yeah. they know where to go when life gets hectic, when there are challenges, how to center themselves, how to find that joy within themselves instead of mm-hmm. outside. I think that is where we should put more focus on instead of the monetary. Like I said, I'm not going to say that money is not important because we all have to live, but okay. I think we should spend more time trying to leave like the spiritual legacy the emotional legacy um, that's right for for our children that's right it's it's an evaluation of what we value mm. you know like we value money and we should value money especially mm-hmm. as you know descendants of african people yeah you know in yeah. in in the united states we should value wealth but exactly like you said what what else are we passing on to our children because yeah. again, wealth is very much an object. Mm-hmm. So if you put that into your child, you know, wealth this, wealth that, you set them up to to put their joy to be seekers of joy mm-hmm. rather than realizers of joy, you know, livers of joy. So mm-hmm. these are things that as a community, we definitely are talking about more. And I'm excited to see the conversation grow. For um, sure. Yeah. For sure. I, um, whenever I like look around, maybe it's like the type of social media content that I, that I engage in. Um, I just get so happy at all of the work that we are doing. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of this is new to many of us, right? Like therapy in my household was not a thing. Actually, it was frowned upon. Same Um, in my household. I mean, when I was a teenager, my mom straight told me like, Black people don't do therapy. That part. Yep. Like, we don't do therapy. We're, we're too busy surviving. We don't have mm-hmm. time for mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. and, she, and this is a woman who adores me, who mm-hmm. wants the best for me. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I can totally relate. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that is um, so common. And but I think yep. we all are like, not only are we like seeking our emotional well-being and looking at parenting a little bit differently, but also we're just returning to what I think is natural to us as black women. Like a lot of us are like into plants and gardening and just like returning to just like the way things were before. And I'm just so happy Mm -hmm. to see it because it's not what we necessarily saw coming up. Mm -hmm. At least I didn't see that coming up. Um, Yeah. I I didn't see that coming up either. And I mean, and and think about the history, especially for um, Africans enslaved in America. Yeah. Their focus was literally on survival. Truly. And the focus that our parents had on survival came from their grandparents yeah. and their yeah. grandparents. And it's really why we're here. Truly. So we can we can bless them for that. Thank mm-hmm. you yeah. for teaching that skill. And now we're as at a place where it's on us to make sure we add to that skill. So yes. that skill is not the only thing that's required anymore. 
Yeah. Like in order for us to continue our expansion and to continue our growth, we have to reconnect to ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. like, and that is actually honoring everything that they, they gave to done. us. Truly. That's yep. actually honoring them. Yep. You know? So we're going to go from a place of surviving. And even that in of itself was like a miracle. What the people who it's came before us, like the fact that we're here, like sometimes it's mind boggling. Um, that we survived, right? So now we've survived. I think now we're just really trying to actually thrive. We're here. How do we live here with like abundance and joy and love and light and all of those things? And I'm just Mm -hmm. happy that a lot of us are just really trying to figure that out and not stay in the status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm on social media a lot. So I saw this, um, this TikTok that really upset me. It was talking about how, you know, all the mess that's going on, maybe I think it's like in Texas. Yes, it's in Texas and Florida, how they're removing um, certain books from um, school libraries and classrooms and stuff, Um, essentially trying to reinstate Jim Crow in a lot Mm -hmm. of states as well. And somebody made a TikTok talking about some, we are not our ancestors, like we fight back or something like that. And I was like, so offended. I was Mm -hmm. like the our ancestors went through so much Mm -hmm. and i think people also think ancestry as in like hundreds of years back our ancestors are like our grandparents like our great grandparents like it really isn't that far behind and even if it is those people went through unimaginable things for us to be here today and Mm -hmm. this is a tangent but it's made me think about it just how we need to honor them by taking advantage of all of the fruits that we have from their sacrifice, from their labor, from their fight and their struggle. That's exactly right. You know, um, there is no freedom like real freedom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, freedom from the baggage Mm -hmm. that we carry. That is what our ancestors want for us. Mm -hmm. They want us to be free Mm-hmm. of the things that weigh us down in a lot of the times I would even I would even go as far as to say almost a hundred percent of the time the things that weigh us down first are the things that are inside of us mm. what you're yeah. carrying yeah your your beliefs your memories yeah right? those things can cause us a lot of pain yeah. they can cause us a lot of pain and right now our focus is often on the pain that is inflicted on us from the outside world. And that's fair. Mm-hmm. Like that is totally understandable. And we get to turn the lens inward, clean yeah. that up because you, <laughs> what was Toni Morrison's quote? Being free was one thing. No one what to do with your free self was a total other thing. Mm. Right. So you can gain your physical freedom and still be confined. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened to a lot of us. We mm-hmm. have physical we can say, we can do, we can, whatever we want to do, but we're still confined by our own mental patterns that has sometimes have been passed down to us that we collect from social media, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, however we get it, but we don't, we're not even aware of it. I actually just read this article. It cracked me up about how um, tweens can resist self-care. They don't want to get in the shower. They don't want to brush their teeth. They don't want to do their hair. And one of the things about it is they don't even smell themselves because like the brain is just makes it white noise because the nose is designed Mm -hmm. to identify scents that are like 
novel. It's new. Mm-hmm. Like if you walk into somebody's house, you can, that mm-hmm. smell of their house is instantly different to you, mm-hmm. but you don't smell your own funk mm-hmm. and it's the same way with us mm-hmm. and our patterns. Like we don't recognize our own funk, but we can point it out in another. Like Ooh. he said X, Y, and Z, and he be doing this, and he be doing mm. that, and she be doing this, and she be doing yep. that. It's like, ah, you got a funk too. Right. Clean that up. Get in the shower on that. You right. know. And right. So that that's what I mean when I say like real freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, get mm. fr- get really free. Truly. You know, and that makes it easier for us to confront what's going on in the world because we're all coming from all different places, different levels of awareness, different levels of clarity or lack of clarity. And it just feels like less than cohesive. Yeah. Um, as we confront, you know, what's happening in Florida and what's happening in Texas, which is absolutely outrageous, but it won't prevail. You know, mm-hmm. it's an energy, it's an yeah. energy, it's the same energy that was around during Jim Crow. It's the same energy that was around um, during chattel slavery. It's Mm -hmm. the same energy that was around when these folks were on the coast of West Africa, chaining our ancestors and putting putting them into the body belly of a boat. You know, it. it, We have never, as a country, acknowledged the atrocity. We have never acknowledged the atrocity, and until you look at the wound, you cannot clean it. And Mm. so we fully expect that the energy, that the snake will will rear its head and uh and this is just going to be the fate of our country until we fully address what happens because basically what's happening in florida is you can't even talk about slavery because it's quote unquote a perspective (laughs) it's outrageous outrageous. my god like i i sometimes i like my husband gets frustrated with me because it's like I'm just like I don't understand. He's just like, "What don't you understand? Like, this is not new. Like, no. how are you upset? Like, this is not new." But I can't help but like I can't wrap my head around. I can't wrap my head around the hate. I can't wrap my head around just the lies, the the twisting of truth. Like, I just it doesn't. I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just. Yeah. And you know, the honest truth is you may never get it because it's illogical. Right. White supremacy is illogical. Right. And it only, the only way that it thrives is through a lack of emotional intelligence. Truly. This you is know what? the I saw only this... way that it thrives. Yes. Um, I just saw a clip of um, somebody at The Daily Show went to some convention, like um, a Republican convention, and they, the woman was trying to- I saw her. Social emotional learning? Yes. You can't, yes. you cannot teach children social emotional learning because then they're more empathetic. Then they can make critical, like, assessments. Yes. Then- the other becomes the same and yes. white supremacy crumbles. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's so interesting because I have a software that mm-hmm. teaches social emotional learning and I'm in this space now where it's under attack. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this makes absolute sense that it would be under attack because it, white supremacy is upheld when we lack emotional intelligence. Like that's yep. how they win. And yep. so- so this takes us back to what we were saying when we said that uh, this is real freedom. Yep. This is real freedom. Like when we learn this, we are free in a way nobody can touch. Yeah. You can't 
touch this type of freedom. Yeah. And uh, they don't want to teach their children this stuff because their children will also be free. So yes. white supremacy enslaves everybody. It doesn't yeah. just as, you know enslave or limit people of color, although we're the ones who are on the receiving end of mm -hmm. all of the policies and the hatred. But the folks who are implementing those policies have enslaved themselves as well. Absolutely. Like, even Absolutely. though they think they're people in power, they're, they're really just weak people on the inside. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think um, what we're seeing with um, Gen Z um, and then even Gen Alpha, who's coming even behind them, we're seeing um, just, just how they see, not all, but I think a large amount of Gen Z sees our White supremacy is losing that base. And I think mm -hmm. that is why they're so concerned about sure. the ones coming behind they, them. They have to cling. Mm -hmm. you know, they have to mm -hmm. hold on tight, mm -hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is why they're implementing. Even the, even the color of the nation is changing. Yes. You know, the color yes. of the nation is changing, which is why they're saying, like, you know, they're trying to replace us. <laughs> yep. And like, what what are you talking about? Yeah, like, which I what think are you goes talking in... about? Yeah, but if if the majority has looked like you mm -hmm. for six hundred years, mm -hmm. and then you know you hear in another fifty to seventy five years, you are no longer the majority. That feels like a threat, because right. what 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 nobody is saying is that we benefit. Nobody yeah. is saying that white privilege is real. But through all of the activity that they're doing. Mm -hmm. They are verifying white mm -hmm. <laughs> privilege is real. And yep. we have, and I'm speaking from their perspective, but we have a duty to uphold it in yep. order to maintain power for our children who come yep. after us. That's yep. what this is about. I mean, yep. again, they won't prevail, but, you know, evil has to at least try. In the meantime, they stressing everybody else out. Like this is just tiring, you know. Like absolutely tiring. Um, this is like aside a, a little bit, but so my son goes to um, a public school, but it's a magnet program. Yeah. Um, and right now, it's like the second best in the city, and like top four in the state in terms mm -hmm. of their scoring and whatever. When the school was first established, it was predominantly white, but because it's a magnet program through a lottery system, it's now been changed. So now it's very mixed, very diverse. So now what they're doing, they wanted to take the funds from the school and essentially dismantle the school and put the reallocate the money into a brand new school in a whiter side of town. So now we, as the parents, found out about this through the grapevine. They didn't, the um, school board didn't even tell us this. We just found out through people who worked at the um, administration or whatever. So we had to like get letters, petition. People who had friends at the news station had to call the news station. We had to like every night for like two weeks had to like go to meetings, PTA meetings at different schools to like make our voices heard. So what somebody who I'm so happy she had the the guts to say was like, and it was a white woman. She and her kids had already graduated from um, the school system. Her kids are now in high school, and she's like, you know. Um, 
the, when my kids came here, it was starting to be um, more diverse, which is why I put them here. And now that I look around, it's even more diverse. What it looks like on paper is that you guys are taking the funds from this school who is serving the underserved of the city, and you're um, reallocating it to more wealthier, the wealthier part, the whiter part of town. And she's just like, this goes directly against one of your goals for the next 10 years that you guys outline on your on the um, website how exhausting yeah. it is fighting white supremacy so it's not only just like trying to keep your mind clear and stay centered but it's like you literally have to expend energy on your daily to be vigilant to get the things that you need like education like equal education for your children i mean and this um, is why the cost the toll on people of color, um, I want to rephrase that. This is this is why there is a mental and emotional health toll on people of color, yes. and it does affect us yep. um, in a, in a different yes. way. And then navigating the the space for, the spaces for therapy. I mean, that's a whole other conversation where you feel like you're getting cultur- yeah. culturally competent therapists for right. you, for your children, for your families. Um, so again, it just makes it so clear why it is so important for us to be fully armored to be as we yeah. enter the world, because let me tell you, these things have left less an effect on you emotionally, the more, uh, emotionally healthy you are. So when I, um, True. when I first started my company, um, I needed to raise, you know, a few, I needed to raise a lot of money. And at the top there were, 0.64% of all black women had received more than a million dollars in VC funding. So it was like, I was statistically negligent. And I mean, since 1619, since black people arrived mm. on the shores of this country, Jesus. 0.64%. Um, and so I, and the numbers are better, but they're still bleak. <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not great. Um, and so I, as I was navigating the space, it was constant, no, constant, who is the expert here? Like, okay, so you have this science-based idea for software for improving emotional intelligence in young, in young people. Who, who's the expert? They're like looking for the, um, the magician behind the curtain. That's one thing that came up often. Another, like one person just straight told me like, we don't invest in Black women. Like, and, and this person said this to me from a intending to be helpful. They took me out to dinner. There's like, I see you um, out here and I'm just going to like, just be real, like to <laughs> be helpful to you. Um, and so, of course, all of these were very painful experiences for me, of course. Um, and I was really committed to pushing forward anyway. And I would say that I doubled down on my emotional health. I doubled down on meditation, mm. like for my own strength, for my own steadiness, for my own clarity. And what happens is you are able to meet whatever comes your way as light, no matter what, and be unmoved. I eventually raised my capital well over what I required. But I imagine that had I not been in my practice, I would have wanted to give up. I would have been a lot less steady. I would have allowed the, uh, the exterior circumstances to deter me from what was inside of me. So again, 
that's why I believe it is so important, especially for people of color in a country like America, where one, <laughs> what's happening is often not even acknowledged um, to, to have these practices, because at some point it becomes less about what they're doing and more about how we respond to it. Because if it was about yeah. what people were doing to me, I would have quit. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. But I was able to step on top of every single no and use it like a mountain so that your nose became my mountain of success. And that's the gift that we give to ourselves when we take care of our internal landscape. It becomes less about the other and more about what's inside of us. And that really mm-hmm. is what changes the hearts and the minds of the people who, who might perceive us as less. Because what we're talking about is patterns. Everybody has a pattern, a mental pattern that they're operating under. In the, in the tech space, there's not a pattern of seeing women of color in tech, especially as CEOs. And so the human yeah. brain, when it encounters something that's novel or it's new, it kind of like feels uncomfortable with it. And that is whether you're a yeah. white human or a black human. And so just mm-hmm. by addressing our patterns, we help other people break through their own patterns. And that's the work. Mm. That's the work. Like break your own patterns because the same way that that person who saw me and said, we don't invest in black people had a mental pattern. I had my own mental patterns that I had to deal with. I couldn't do anything about his mental pattern, but I did something about the ones inside of me. And I could turn what tried to be a negative. I could leverage that to work out for me, you know? Oh, that is, that's powerful. It reminds me of, I remember distinctly having a session with my, um, with my therapist and I was just in a really bad Mm -hmm. space. And I was like, you know, when, when will life get good? When will things get easier? Mm -hmm. And she's just like, I'm sorry, baby, it's never going to get easier. But she's like, you need to cultivate your own practice within your heart. So that way, no matter what comes, like you said, um, you're still unmoved. And the waves of life never stop flowing into the shore, but you just become an amazing surfer. The waves are going to come in, but baby, we learn how to ride them like a pro. And so that's the key. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're just like getting thrown off the board. We're exhausted by swimming so hard, but it's like through practice, Mm -hmm. through consistency, we can get up on that board and and we can be amazing surfers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this was really, really good. I am so grateful to have had this conversation with you. I feel like I needed to hear this in this moment and just to be reminded um, of, of all of this stuff. Um, so thank you so much. So um, talk to me about Climb. Is Climb available to consumers? Is it only available to like- So Climb, we, we work with large organizations, so school districts, schools, and and companies um, who provide Climb as a wellness benefit to working parents. Um, so you can find more about it, you know, by going to our website. Um, I'm not sure if you'll hyper- hyperlink it or not, or if I should just. Okay. I will. Yep, I will. I'll drop a link in the, the show notes yeah. below. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was yeah. awesome. So, yes. Yeah, so yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are such a light. And I just love speaking to women like you who just. We just have it together. Remind me, it's a girl. Keep going. One day you'll have it together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, of Ashley. course. <laughs> Take care.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.